Are you ready to get the body and health you've always wanted? It's time to do it. This is Bodies by Brent. Brent has been a personal trainer for 16 years, and now he's all yours. Interviewing the pros in health, wellness, and the fitness field. Get educated and motivated. Let's get to work. From Austin, Texas, this is Bodies by Brent. And this is your host, Brent Ruska. Welcome to another episode of Bodies by Brent. I'm Brent Ruska, your host. And we're finally doing the episode, I'm finally doing the episode with Kelly about my ayahuasca experience. If you guys listen, I did an episode about my intention for doing an ayahuasca experience. And Kelly was actually the person who told me uh, about the retreat in an undisclosed location and an undisclosed time and period (laughs) and all that jazz. Um, And I thought it would be cool to have her on to share our experiences together feel like it would flow real well and it would be really interesting and uh and super fun as well um so kelly thank you for coming on of course thank you for having me yeah so we should tell them how we even know each other we should (laughs) yeah so kelly's my client but also dear friend as well yes yes how did we first meet so we originally met in seattle my i was working at a branding firm and the owner of that also owned a gym so we got perks of working for that firm was going to the gym for free. And I was trying to, you know, step up my game. So I asked about personal training and Brent was my personal trainer. So he actually got me, he, you were really transformative for starting my plant-based season and just losing a lot of weight and feeling good and getting clear. And, um, so yeah, then, you know, we both went our separate ways. I left Seattle. You did a Bali, Indonesia, Southeast Asia experience. And then I had moved back to Austin and I was on a Facebook page about for wake surfing. And I see Brent Ruska saying like, anybody know how to, how many years is this? Oh, six years span over six years span. We kind of fell off. Didn't talk. No. Yeah. Yeah. And then I see your, Hey, does anybody know how to wake surf? I was like, (laughs) Is that Brent? And I think you had a video of your first time doing yeah, it. Yeah, and people were ripping me. Oh, it was new so asshole. embarrassing. I, I mean, I couldn't believe that you just led with that. He just posts a video of his first time surfing on this huge group of like professionals. And he was like, hey, can somebody help me get better? And I was like, no fucking way. Can I curse? Yeah. I was like, no fucking way. Is that Brent? And so I messaged you. I was like, are yeah. you in Austin now? And you were like, yeah, I just moved here. We should, hang, you know, we should hang out. Yeah. And then we ran to each other at the coffee shop. Yeah, then we ran to each other at the coffee shop. I was like, I was at Suka outside having coffee, Maha, and then we ran into each other. And I hadn't seen you in years and years and years. And nope. Now look at us doing ayahuasca together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then you started coming to train with me. Yeah. And then one morning you came to me and we're like, "Hey," and you told me about this uh, retreat going on. Who I think one of your, uh, you know, healer people in your group told you about yeah well what i'd always appreciated about you is that you you know you're into just mind body spirit and so we had always shared that kind of stuff not just training but you know woo woo stuff totally and so i knew you'd be open to that and so yeah basically a body worker that i go to told me about this and well i guess should i back up and say history of like what drew me to ayahuasca and how i heard about it yeah and vice versa yeah yeah, well, I've, I've been wanting to do it a long time. And when I was traveling and being nomadic four or five years before that, I almost did it when I was in Peru. Okay. They were going to take me in the, to the Amazon. And I remember I even met the lady who was going to introduce to the group. And it was in, and I was just in a period of my life that if I had done it, I would have been one of those people who kept living in the jungle for a long period of time because I didn't have anything else going on. Yeah. And I was super into it. And I still am super into, you know, I've always been into, like even from a young age, anthropology and study of tribes and cultures and philosophies and different things and an opportunity where you don't got shit going on and they'd probably be like, hey, we'll teach you how to, you know, navigate the Amazon and how we understand plants and this medicine. I for sure would have been... I would probably still be there <laughs> or something wild. I was like, I'm not there yet. Yeah. And so I like, I didn't go and I kept moving on. But I always, in my mind, was always wanting to do it. Right. And part of this, even this tattoo was like a placeholder for wanting to do it. Oh, 
one element of it. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. What is it? It's it's a uh, it's kind of like an updated version of Japanese, like an Ed Hardy ish Japanese style. It has uh, like a snake. So snake can mean medicine, and for me, this tattoo has a lot of meaning. But it was a place where. In my life, it kind of solidified going through all my travels and whatnot, like knowing who I am and what my purpose is and what I'm going to do. Like, I train people, I help people, and for many years, I battled with like, is this what I'm supposed to be? Am I supposed to be a trainer? Am I supposed to blah 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 blah? It was a really a solidification of like knowing of who I am as a individual and what I'm about. And I don't know, maybe it's a a thing that men have experienced in their life where. You get to a place where you just unapologetically know who you are, and you're just like, "I don't give a fuck what you think about me." Yeah, that's kind of what it parts cool. of it mean. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, same with me with ayahuasca. I mean, I think I first heard about it through a podcast. I probably Aubrey Marcus's. You know, he talks a lot. For years, he talked about plant medicines, and the idea really was interesting to me. So, and you know, the novelty of it sounded really cool like going to the Amazon, going to Peru, and having this experience that, you know, came from indigenous cultures. I love the idea of honoring the culture, going to the place. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to the Amazon one day and do that. And every year, I do a big trip for my birthday. And every year, I kind of checked in and I was like, okay, is this ayahuasca year? And I just kept getting a no, no, no. And for probably, you know, four or five years and then a lot of stuff started coming up about my family and my dad and just just it felt like in my life these things were bubbling up and I just I kept dreaming about ayahuasca like I would dream that I would go into the jungle and I would see a jaguar and all this stuff and a tree and I was like okay I think it's time but I didn't know you know I was like where how can I find a place that is a trusted experience because you know like any anything there's good things and there's bad and you have to really vet you know where you do it anything that's trendy people are just going to hop on it and offer it so I wanted to really be mindful about the place I chose and so I was like okay well I'll just start um I'll just start reading more about it and see what I can find. So I watched a documentary just to kind of see what would come up in my intuition of where to do it and I just got this hit of like find somewhere Oh, I don't know if I can say that. Find somewhere local. I can't say that. I don't know. <laughs> I'm fucking it up. Um, well, you know, can I say that? Can somewhere I, in the U.S. Yeah. Find somewhere in the U.S. And I was like, well, where am I going to find that? You know? And um, so then that day I had a massage scheduled. So after the massage, I asked her, I was like, by the way, have you ever done ayahuasca? And she was like, I just did it last month at this place. You know, you should totally do it. It was the best experience, like, you know, and told me all about it. So I signed up the next day, essentially. And I just think it's just, you know, they say that ayahuasca is a song. And so when you hear her song, like if she calls to you, you'll hear her song. Or what did they say? Like, Something like that. But it, it, it's, it's, yeah. If you feel called, you should go. Yeah, And it will get louder. And I felt the call for a long time. And you were ready. And yeah. So when I told you about it, what made you? I've been like, in my mind, I was looking. I've always wanted to do it, right? Yeah. And the fact that I didn't have to travel to Peru to achieve that goal was ideal. And then when I looked through the information and read about, you know, how much work the facilitators and the facilitator uh, had done was just, I was blown away. Yeah, It wasn't just some guys who had done it a bunch and they got a bunch of instruments together and they're just like, yeah, let's hold a <laughs> thing in our backyard and see what happens. Like, it was serious. Yeah. Yeah. And you could see there was a lot of respect to the tribe. And, uh, and then, yeah. So that also, you know, I follow those breadcrumbs you're telling me i know you we have a connection we meet again it's like there's all this like millions of processes where i'm just like yes right then i don't need to think about yeah and that's kind of how i live my life a little bit too i know i loved it you're like oh i'm signed up and i didn't even realize you were going the same weekend (laughs) i was going until like two days before we left or something and i was i'm like should we drive together (laughs) i was like wait what (laughs) (laughs) which wait yeah it was a pleasant surprise so yeah and then really what why i just i think why it 
saying to me recently or you know why it came up when it did was because something that drew me about it well I had let me back up I had heard from some of the podcasts you know oh you puke and you have this crazy experience but I was like okay what's the puking about what's the purging about and it's this idea that you have something stuck in your body and there's this release like what drew me to it now was to have a somatic experience and in your body experience because I had been efforting so much with therapy with books with podcasts and like so much in my mind cerebral cerebral thinking efforting and like it was i knew what to do in my mind but i could not get my body on board and that's what was so special about doing with you because you're my trainer you've been getting me into my body really strengthening the mind body connection and i've been noticing so much this past year like how much my body is an expression of what's going on emotionally which like i had heard that for years and i was like yeah 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 but these past couple years i've done a deep dive into what your body how your body expresses itself like how that can really have beginnings and trappings from um, emotions and so I was so drawn to just like I was like there's some shit stuck in my body and I just want to get it out I want to purge like I was ready to just purge it all I was like it's not in my head it's in my body and I want to get it out and I had had some healers say you need to do some somatic work to release some of these things yeah and another some books I had been reading over this past year is the body keeps score which is about like trauma being trapped in your body and you know you can heal your life just a lot of stuff about your physical um the physical experience and the power of just uh embodying something instead of just thinking it reading it and so that was i was like it's time it's time to just have a full-on experience so yeah you were ready that's what drew me what about you i know you did a podcast about yeah but i didn't but the, I haven't listened to it <laughs> that's okay yet. uh de-armoring myself i don't know i just felt like i kind of got disconnected from my heart right i got cold like i got very hard hardened just because I moved here and I had put so much, I had to put, like I just had to work in survival mode, like find a place, build a business, yeah. like get the ground running, right? Yeah. Move from somewhere <laughs> and then you move here in the middle of the pandemic with all your shit in your car and then you're trying to like rebuild everything. I don't have a job that's like, Here, here's a paycheck immediately, right? right? So it's just, it was just like a straight hustle. And I was, it was amazing the whole time, but I realized I just, I was starting to grind into the ground. Yeah. Right. And, you know, in my life, things that have really changed me are having experiences and going to workshops and, and, and you know, those transformations like retune me. Right. And uh, I was like, I want to I want to experiment with this. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, my tendency is to ask you all the questions, but I'm like, you can ask me questions. Um, No, you're fine. Uh. No, I don't. It's like, you're good. You go. <laughs> you go. Yeah, so we both had our intentions, right? And your intention, again, was to have a somatic experience. Well, my Release intention... Some, yeah, so tell me. Yeah, I mean, specific... Well, what was great about the facilitator is he called ahead of time and was like, hey, I want to spend, um, you know, 30 minutes getting a sense of why you're coming, what you're working with. And I was so touched by that. And I thought, like, wow, this this person really cares and that just blew me away. And so I had some, you know, we set up a call and I was like, okay, I have a lot of childhood sadness and trauma that has come up for various reasons in the past year. And I, I forgive it. I release it, but it's still in my body. And so that was one of my things is to let go of the sadness and just stop living as a victim and stop going to like that little girl sad place and just kind of start over. I just wanted to release that. And I thought I had in therapy and I thought I had in all these ways, but so that was one. And the second one was really to, um, to just get, get my body, clear like just dealing with weight and food and eating I felt like they were connected for the first time in my life I saw that the trauma might be connected with what I'm experiencing with weight and body and so I didn't know what that looked like yet but I was like I add this on there why not <laughs> add weight loss in there throw it you in know? the cart well it's not even weight loss it's just feeling good feeling clear feeling bright and all that so those are my two big ones yeah I remember my conversation and kind of describing some of the things I talked about and also, you know, having a passion for understanding, you know, this wisdom that comes out of the Amazon, you know, 
something that is so old that we we think it's 4000 years old but it's even way more old than that yeah and that tribes discovered this plant that you know there's thousands of species in the amazon to take these two plants one that's a vine and another one to mix them together to allow the dmt to be active in your body and then they've been using it for you know thousands of years and seeming to live peacefully and have that wisdom i and i'm such a i crave that wisdom i crave wisdom from anybody and so you know, an opportunity to experience that I think is very special. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the conversation with the facilitator was amazing and, and very reassuring and gentle. Uh, it was, it was great. Yeah. Another comforting piece of like why this group was that they offer like hands-on body work and, you know, they have, um, basically a staff to offer support during it. Cause I've heard stories of people like my buddy, he went down to Peru and he just did it like shot a cup and was by himself. And he was like, it was gnarly, you know, it was super intense, which, so what was, what attracted me to this group was all the support that you have. You're not just left on your own. You know, you have these people who know how to hold space. They know what you're going through. They're playing music. They're offering, I mean, it was just, had they not been there, it it would have been such a different experience had I been alone with the medicine. I mean, it, it just would have been quite different. Yeah, definitely. They were very anchoring. So what was it What was it like, Heavy Girl? So we did it three nights in a row. Yeah. Three ceremonies. Yes. Two night ceremonies and one day ceremony. Yes. What was your first night like? Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess, should we go into the context? Basically, yeah, you this place we start you drink three times in the night and so the first night is supposed to be the gentle night and you know you don't know what to expect and i get there and i'm like oh my god what did i do these people are weird they're all dressed <laughs> in white i i was you know for a little bit like they talk weird like oh my god and then it's just like bottoms up you know <laughs> here we go you just like trust the process and <laughs> yeah. so the first night for me it started off immediately very dark and i got the vision of like you know the scream mask the scary guy yeah he was like he pulled up a tadpole and like flicked it in the water and it was just like, that's how you were born. Like just kind of this dark, dark energy. And essentially it went from darkness to just all these childhood memories that I hadn't thought about in years. Just a lot of sadness, so much darkness, so much sadness that it was like overwhelming. And I just, I had a turtleneck on and I went into it and I was just like, uh, you know, and I just was so sad and I kept saying, somebody come over to me, somebody come over to me. Because they say, if you ever need help, just like raise your hand. But like, I didn't want to say that because everybody else was chilling and I'm like already freaking out. And I was just And the way, just real quick, the way it's set up is everyone's kind of has their own little island, their own little island, their own little mat to lay down to be in their process. The goal is to be in your process. The way everything's done is very ritual, very intentional, very deliberate, because when we do enter these states, you're very vulnerable. People are extremely sensitive, and they did an amazing job of controlling that. And our facilitator had trained for a long time with the tribe, with the tribe's blessing, to bring the medicine out of the jungle, right? So not some random hippie dude just collecting it and bringing it around right so very intentional with the intention and the blessing and the desire of the tribe to bring it out and so with that deep intention was was and that that writ that very intense container i've been in different workshops maybe different medicines or different i don't know uh processes to help you you know change yourself there's always a container you need to create. And this is one of the most profound, strongest containers I've ever been in, especially some of the experiences we had and saw. If that container wasn't strong, you could see how yes. it could traumatize people in the group. And so this is not something to be taken lightly. So it's very important to like do your research, trust your gut, trust the people you're going with. And very, un- has, you know, it's a, it's a strong wisdom. Mm -hmm. Well, and I love that he said, yeah, I guess to go back to your point, this container was amazing and they gave so much practical before, like, here's what to expect. Here's, and so much spiritual, like 
setting your intentions. If you ever, you know, get down a path, go back to your intention to anchor you. And he was like, if you, he said, if you're, whatever she showed you, like ayahuasca, divine mother, uh, is never meant to re-traumatize you. It's always for healing. And that was a very important anchor for me. Like, it's never meant to just be like, look at all this fucked up shit. It's always for healing. And like, she's so gentle and kind. And they did such a good job of setting the expectations for that. And I, I had no question going in you know at first I sat down I was like who are these people and by the end of his spiel I was like okay I I trust I know he did such a good job of covering the practical and the spirit you know touched all the things so I was like bottoms up and so very important um but yes beautiful container you were in your first night so yeah and you're just getting shown all these images you don't want to see so I was in the darkness and then I I was like somebody come over to me somebody come over to me and then of course the facilitator so there's you know seven people who can help and the but he comes over and he's just like my dad told me to come give you a hug because I was dealing with a lot of dad stuff um a lot of dad issues in the sadness and then he just comes over and he gives me this hug and it was just this really holy well let me caveat it by saying I don't know how well any of this will translate to somebody who doesn't experience it but you know yeah that's what this is for (laughs) yeah if you're listening it's going to be hard to understand what we're talking about but yeah, just allow yourself to, to be open-minded and curious and not judge what you hear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so basically he came over and just gave this hug. And when you're, you know, in the medicine, you just, you, you're you just, there's a sensitivity there that's, I can't describe it. So anyway, him giving me the hug was just very profound. And it was a lot like he was literally putting in my body all of this dad energy that I never got. It was like, wow, I'm hugging you when you're sad. I'm here for you. I've got you. Like, just think of the divine masculine, divine father energy. He was literally like putting all of that in me just by hugging me. Somehow that's what the medicine does. Like you don't say anything and you just touch someone and then you're like, and you just have this experience. And so that was really anchoring. And, you know, I won't, there's, if to go into everything that happened would take hours. 10 hours. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll try and just cherry pick some of the mm-hmm. interesting ones. Is so that like, just tell me like, that. yeah. So that first night was kind of like your, like one of the highlights, the kind of like main experiences you had. Yeah, I mean, that was the night I, I basically died. I started, you know, was covered in earth and dirt and I was outside and I asked the facilitator, I was like, I'm decomposing, you know, and I was kind of freaked out. I was letting her know like, yo, I'm decomposing. Like if I'm gone, you know, I'm in the dirt. So kind of, I was like, hey, <laughs> by the way, this is happening. Yeah. And then she was like, you're being born again. And that anchor, I was like, oh, she was like, because that's because you're being reborn. Yeah. And so describe that to people like, so you're decomposing like People are like, well, what does she mean? I know. Well, that's, I don't know how detailed to go if yeah, you want. Detail, okay. Detail yeah, that part. So basically I go outside because you have this place to like purge by this tree and it's really beautiful. And I thought I might have to, but then I went outside and I just laid down on the grass and I just am crying, crying, crying all these tears. And um, she's just the one of the facilitators is like, just let it go, like release all of it to Mother Earth. She can handle it. And I'm kind of laying in the fetal position. And then I just I, like you see visuals almost like um, an avatar, you know, like you you just see visuals. I don't know. You just see this whole world in front of your eyes. But but it, you also are very aware of your surroundings. It's not like you're drunk. Like, no. I, yeah. So you're kind of watching yourself. So I just watched my body decompose. Like all this pink dust came over me and I started to just fall into the earth, but it was so safe and it was so calm. And I was just like, okay, like, I guess it's my time. And then I was like, I'm decomposing. She was like, it's cause you're being reborn. And that clue that like hit gave me so much. I was like, Oh, I am. It gave me so much relief. And my first thought was like, well, I get new parents like when I'm born again and I hope my parents never listen to this but um so yeah essentially I decompose into the earth and then I all these like green bugs came around me and wrapped me up into this beautiful kind of cocoon like uh, and then I thought oh my gosh I'm I'm like cooking I'm gonna be a butterfly what's that called when they're in the yeah like you're in goop goop. I don't know yeah it's like 
basically made a cocoon around me and it was just this message of like the bad stuff is dead it's in the earth like it's gone like you released it you purged it tears you are literally being born again and you know we're working on your wings it's like it's so silly because it's such a classic metaphor of the butterfly but it's true yeah (laughs) and so that was my first night was like the death night you know, they later I found out that's a very normal experience. They're like, "Oh yeah, you had an ego death," and I was like, "Wait, what?" Apparently, that's just a normal one of the common experiences. Yeah, one of the common experiences. So, I mean, lots more, but that's the gist of the first night. I was like, "Oh, this was a gentle night. I died." Yeah, and so you know, ayahuasca itself, it's releasing a lot other things, but a large, a massive amount of DMT in your body, and you get a huge hit of DMT when you are born. And when you die and every cell in your body has receptors for DMT and when like psychedelics, when you're, you know, flooded with this, that's why you, people can have these profound experiences of connecting with it because it's literally dissolving that sense of self and opening you, you up. And that's why it's so amazing and so profound. And you're feeling and seeing and experiencing as if it's real. It's like in my mind, when I was experienced, it's like, it's the ultimate virtual reality if your therapist could just program like all of this like actual experience, like you were hooked up to sensors and you could run a program that would help change your physiology and change your mind. Cause your mind, your body, your nervous system, they're all connected. Right. And for you to really like when someone dies and then comes back, they're different. Right. Or you have an experience in your life or you feel something like you change, like, so it's such a profound experience. You can, like you're saying, I, I'm feeling like what it feels like to have healthy masculine. Like you're really feeling it and you're really embodying it and understanding it. It's not like, it's oh, It's re- literally rewiring your yeah, brain. Yeah, literally rewiring your brain, which yeah. is, if you think about it, fucking crazy. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. It's amazing. Yeah. And you're not, it's not even, the medicine is creating and orchestrating this entire visual fucking parade happening <laughs> while it's changing you. Yeah. What thing on earth or even a human thing we could create to create something like that? I if you know. wanted to create a therapy and it all <laughs> unfolds perfectly, is that not the most wild technology that could ever exist? That like a plant. No. It's amazing. Yeah. For me that first night, it was kind of hard to remember. But I remember ayahuasca has this very like it kind of like moves in like a a fog it feels like right it slowly moves in and you feel it like deep in you and when we were sitting outside right when we first started we watched the sunset as we let it and it just you see these subtle shifts and like scenery and this sounds change a little bit but hard to describe what it even what how it's changing and then laying back down on your mat and then taking maybe another serving and another serving, there was always this presence of even if shit got wild and you it was intense and uncomfortable, you always had this, at least I did, this this kind of like very deep loving fe- like spirit, female spirit in you. Like it did have this like very like as if that mother nature spirit is in you, but so powerful. Like... As if there's a tsunami in you that like could just go wow, like slam you if it wanted to, but like very loving at the same time yeah. because it can take you to such places that you're like, you are fucking the shit out of me right now. Like you are messing me up. You're feeling emotions on such deep levels that are just like riveting, like so powerful, breaking you down, building you up, just so transformational. And you're like in awe of how powerful it is. You're like, this is this is so strong. So how did you feel the next day when you woke up? Well, I guess an important part to talk about from the first night is the healing on yes. the mat. So so I was kind of in the depths of it, you know, still having a really intense night for the gentle night, like feeling all the sadness. And I just was kind of stuck outside in my cocoon. And they were like, well, do you want to go inside for healing? And they have this beautiful sheepskin in the middle where 
it's, you know, nobody had gotten a healing yet. So I didn't know what that looked like, but they said, just, if you're ever wanting some extra support, come lay on the sheepskin. And so I was in the thick of it and they basically were like, come to the sheepskin. And I just was crying and just having all these feelings. And then they laid me on that. And I, you guys, I'm going to cry. I've just never felt so loved and taken care of in my life. It was crazy. Like, has anyone ever cried on the podcast before? Um, I'm embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. Um, basically, I lay down and I closed my eyes and I saw like all of the stars in the sky, but every star was somebody's face. Like all the stars had faces and they were like looking down on me and I just couldn't stop thinking like all of this for me. It was like the whole universe was looking at me and saying like, I see you. I love you. I'm here for you. We're holding you. And it was, it was so profound. I mean, imagine Imagine feeling that every star in the sky is it would feel profound is supporting you. Yeah. I mean, imagine that. That's what it felt like. And everybody put hands on me and crystals and feathers. And this dog came up at one point, and I just was blissed out. And it was just I felt so, it wasn't blissed out like oh I'm on a high. It just it's like the deep inner knowing of support. It's like the feeling of being truly loved and seen. And it blew me away. I, I didn't want to leave it. I I remember telling myself, don't cling to this, like, but I didn't want it to stop, you know, and that's what I needed the first night was just that. And I just laid on that. It, I have no concept of time, but it was it's now what I go to when I'm like tripping in life because. Um, sorry, I know I'm going on a tangent, but my therapist was always like, we need to work on finding a safe place for you to go when you're tripping. And she's like, do you have a place? And I never had a real place to go where I truly felt loved and safe. You know, I made one up like this cool hot springs and blah, blah, blah. But after that experience, I finally had the safe place to go. And it's such, um, it's just such a touchstone and a, a, yeah, a touchstone for regulating my nervous system whenever I'm having a hard time. And to have that embodied feeling of safety is really helpful and really regulating. So that alone, just that experience on the mat, I go to like weekly. That's beautiful. And I mean, if that alone is worth, it was worth it all, you know, and that was just the first night. <laughs> I was like, okay, uh, five years of therapy I just experienced on the sheepskin. Amazing, <laughs> truly. Mm-hmm. Um, but you asked about the second night, but yeah, second do night. You say- <laughs> Let's talk about the second night. Let me jog my brain. The second night was the opportunity to go deep. That was the second night. So more times they're going to come around and serve the medicine or the you know the medicine, and you can. Ask for bigger glasses. And again, always being checked in with, always checking in with yourself. You know, everything is about listening to what feels true to you. There's no, no one's trying to be like, you should do this, you should do that. It's, it's just, they're holding space for you to, you know, and there's not like, oh, I took this much, so it's better. You're just there to receive what you feel like you need, right? If you don't feel like you want anything, you don't have to. So the invitation, though, is to go deep that night. And I remember, I think it was like the second cup. And this ayahuasca, or I haven't never had other ayahuasca, but <laughs> it has a very thick, dark, pruny, licorice-y, licorice, sappy, resiny. resiny texture taste to it. Uh and when it goes in your gut, I was watching another YouTube video. It's actually very good for like gut problems and Crohn's disease, the actual medicine itself. It gets a little gurgly. And I guess that has to do with a lot of healing. And a lot of times it will make your stomach upset. And I bet people are probably curious about the actual purging piece of it. And the facilitator mentioned, you know, try not to resist if you feel like you need to purge, throw up, because uh, it needs to come out. Mm-hmm. Just let it come out. And a lot of times when you purge, there's this interesting connection between what you're feeling, seeing in your mind, visuals and whatnot, and what's connected in here. Sometimes you're just feeling something and you're kind of asking, what is it that is that that is that I'm feeling and experiencing? Or 
maybe there's something it's almost like something deep in your psyche is potentially creating the problem or maybe it's an actual physical problem and at some point it doesn't actually matter it's all blended together and when you purge which is not it's not a it's not crazy usually you haven't eaten anything we're kind of dieting right you don't eat a lot of food Uh, you have you usually at least for me release something something that was almost like stuck in the mind or in the physical body for me it was like this feeling of almost like anger or just like hardness and it was like i got that first layer out on the second night and it was like oh it was like almost like this tumor had finally kind of like left my body that feeling i was like i just that was finally gone and it was it was just the first layer because more layers continue to come after that did you purge i barely you know i i it's so funny because i was like i'm ready to purge like get all this out and i just purged a bunch of tears that was the main thing i purged but this the first night my visual of like i always felt like i was going to throw up and i would go outside and then she would always show me something else but the closest i got i was like i just want it out i just want it out there's like this black slug in my stomach i just saw this visual of a black slug stuck in the side of my stomach and it didn't i didn't the slug didn't go away until the last night, but it's, I didn't ever purge that much, you know, throw up (laughs) just a lot, a lot, a lot of tears. Yeah. And she kind of said, she was like, you've had enough like violence. You just let it, you're the work here is to be taken care of and loved. And I was like, okay, (laughs) I'll take that. How was your second night? The second night for me, um, was really beautiful. So basically I had died and then I was, you know, in my cocoon. And then the second night was all about my rebirth. So it started and I was like in this canal and I didn't know at the time, well, actually, you know, it comes on like a fog and I got this visual of like, you know, uh, what's the, a vagina what's a better word for that and i was yoni. like yeah yeah i was gonna say yoni i got and i was like what is that and then she was like don't resist it and i was like okay i'm going in and i went in and then i realized i was like what is this it almost was like this green kind of cave and then i realized i was like in her womb i was like oh my gosh and it was like the sweetest comfiest safest place ever just like so soft and then i realized i was being reborn so like i was in her womb and then i came out and i won't go into it but essentially i experienced a rebirth and then essentially you know the divine mother like looking over me kind of you know imagine a mother like looking at her newborn and she like wrapped me up in her I mean I'm like under this tree and I'm having this visual of like these vines wrapping me up and holding me and then I'm outside on the grass and I hear like beating like and it was moving my arm and I was like is my arm like twitching and I was like I am hearing the heartbeat of the earth (laughs) you know and I'm sure that sounds so strange to listeners but essentially I was reborn and she like laid me on her chest she was like you're listening to your mother's heartbeat and I was like wow I was like is this always here you know but just this beautiful moment of being reborn having that um you know skin to skin time with your mother and that connection because again I went in with a lot of family stuff wanting to heal like parent relationships and I had been doing a lot of reading about um parenting books and or just parenting as my friends are having kids and um like just different styles of parenting attachment styles. And so I had a lot of that knowledge in my head going into this like parent stuff. So I don't know if that related is related, but basically I had a, it was like dad stuff the first night. The second night was beautiful mother and a rebirth of like, now that all the shit has died, I'm becoming this new person. And essentially she was like, do some, do some yoga. And I was like, okay. Then she was like, do happy baby. And I'm like, I'm not doing happy baby in front of all these people, you know? And she was like, do it when i say she i mean like ayahuasca she talks to you like i don't know how to describe it and then she was like tonight's just what it's like to be a happy baby to be loved and supported so that we can rewire all that so you can stop living from your wound like your childhood wounds like we're we rewiring all this so that your all your childhood stuff is healed so that you can show up in your life full and recognizing your wholeness you know so like that's the whole point of this it's like like healing so that you then can leave the ceremony circle and show up like lighter and brighter and more full in your life. Mm -hmm. And so the second night was so happy. It was like 
family night and you showed up as my brother and we can go into that. But um, essentially it was, yeah, a lot of just being reborn and rewiring. She just kept saying, rewire this moment. This is what it's like to be a happy child. This is what it's like to feel cared about, supported, loved. And like just through all the experiences with that, the second night I was very others focused and I could see everybody where the first night I was in my own thing. Yeah. And where the second night I saw my family and I was like present and available, which I think is an interesting metaphor. It's like you can't be of service to others when you're so in your shit, right? No. And then it was like a whole new world opened up after that died. And I was like, brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was so good. Yeah, I remember my intention now. It was to die and be reborn because I think somebody said in the group and I was like, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> And I remember it was a struggle. I remember I went outside because I was struggling. I had purged. And it was just, I just felt off. And I, I remember sitting by the fire and looking in the fire. And I was just, it's almost like you're trying to figure out what you're feeling. I was, And I was yeah. like time traveling into the fire, like connecting and making all these like hundreds of thousands of realizations about everything and anything in the moment, but also not really understanding what's happening at the same time. And I remember I did have one profound thing. I was thinking like, I think I started like praying and I really felt, and I'm not like a religious person either, like the power, like I felt the power of like what praying actually does. Wow. It was very strange. Like I remember I felt this desire to pray and I never really pray, but like the feeling of like how just like thinking with intention and praying, like I could feel the actual like how you're saying like you could connection. feel the safe space it was like i could feel what it really was yeah. instead of like uh like i could feel it almost like when i was doing it it was channeling energy through me like like a feeling yes. of healing energy it was very cool and i was like well i'm taking that one with me yeah. <laughs> and then i was struggling i was trying to like i was laying around in the grass and i was rolling around i was like i don't know what i need or what's supposed to be happening and i remember i was away from the group and then the facilitator offered me to come lay on the blanket and do it, perform a healing. And I remember it was like all the different hands starting to like, you know, put energy on you. And it was like I was being de-armored. Like I felt like from the Game of Thrones, the hound, like sheets of armor being pulled off of me. And because, I don't know, there's candles all around us. So I'm like, I'm in some cathedral <laughs> getting some kind of like wild... I don't know, like ritual performed on me. And the facilitator starts, you know, using some of his, you know, magical tools and skills he's learned from, you know, the the tribes out there. And the things that start to happen to your body was like parts of my heart had refilled that were just empty. And it was just letting all of that armoring go. It was just so nice. And then it settled my energy. That like, spinning not know yeah. what to do with myself and it came to a realization it was like i would always try to like if i'm in pain or struggling i'm going off on my own to deal with it yeah and like hiding away and that's probably a very maybe a common experience for men but going off and be like i'm going to deal with this like a, a wounded cat or whatever they go off by themselves and they just be there and i realized I, that part of that like pain or anger maybe it's that resistance to letting that people in or yeah. other people and like going off and so that was a very interesting it was like a click in my head it was like oh like i was out by the tree trying to like deal with it myself instead of like letting people help me process wow. yeah that's good that was really i hadn't heard that yet yeah that's good. <laughs> yeah it was it was good and that is kind of like my continual practice yeah. Letting people in. I let people in, but like letting people in. I'm glad to hear this because I always do feel like there's a little wall and I'm like, wait, but let me in. <laughs> um, so I'm excited for you because I feel like that's a big one. Yeah, it was cool. Cool. Um, and day, and the last day, the last day is supposed to be our chill day. Or <laughs> I thought it was supposed to be a chill day. I was <laughs> under the wrong impression, but it's like it, it was a daytime. To allow you to be on the medicine, integrate it, kind of blend so you can, you know, be out in nature in the daylight and, you know, really, I don't know, embody what it's like to be on the medicine in daily life, right? And to kind of play around with that, to like not be under the dark, right? 
be a little more external. So it's almost like we got to experience going deep and within and the darkness is the container, but now it's kind of coming out of that, like that blend of like back in our reality with that medicine, mm-hmm. right? With some of that kind of this this other realm that we are not a, be able to sense at all times and see if we could, you know, tangibly touch it to remember it as we go back into our lives. Yeah. That what I uh, like so much about being in the medicine is your ego is like totally offline. Your brain in the sense like, I don't know if you guys walk around the world and you're like doubting a lot and questioning, you know, like your intuition is ringing, but you're like, is that fear? Is that wisdom? On the medicine, there is, it's just clarity. It's just like you have no doubts, no, or at least my experience was everything is so clear. Like you're saying the praying, you know, you don't, you're not like, I think outside of the medicine, you're like, well, I'm praying. You're not thinking about it. Exactly. You're just totally in it and you're so present. You know, when Ram Dass is like, be here now, ayahuasca allows you to fully do that. And yeah, you're not thinking and you're not judging. You're just in it and you're not questioning. You're just like, okay. And what was so cool about the daytime ceremony was to walk out and be in nature because we were on a lot of property. You know, we had lots of acreage to work with and meander and butterflies and nature and, you know, she's a plant and so to have that connection was really beautiful to see the extra layers that unfold with that like looking at clouds you know butterflies trees and um it was really special and some of the most profound things are when you know after you have your experience each night you share in a circle oh yeah minor detail having yeah having (laughs) people share their experiences and see how much everybody's going through fucking shit every single person and it's interesting when you first get there you make that's that ego the ego like for me is like it's judging and thinking and making stories and this and that and as you go throughout the days that voice starts to go away to the point where you don't hear anymore also you get to see like wow i created this story about this person or thought these things and they had all this stuff going on that's so from you know almost like deep illnesses to tragedies of lovers and deaths in the family or lovers and you know wild experiences from childhood that they're healing from you wouldn't know it just you know you realize everybody's just trying to do their best and how much healing just sitting in a circle with people and being vulnerable and sharing is so needed Mm -hmm. it's just so lacking you know human beings are tribal and we lack so much of that. And to sit in a ceremony, whatever it is, and share is that is a big healing thing not in itself. On the medicine. Even just, yeah, not yeah. on the medicine. Yeah, no. And again, the safety in the container, like the first night I remember I asked one of the facilitators, I was like, can I lay on your lap? You know, and I would never ask that normally, lay on this random guy's lap after I just met him a couple of hours ago. Yeah. But the medicine creates such a safe container and the facilitators that you just, there's no fear, there's no judgment and there's just safety, which it's what we need so much of. And so to get, and again, the facilitator kept saying like, yeah, the whole, it's not like the point of the medicine is not to have a trip and this crazy experience for three days. The point is to heal again so that you can go, you know, live from a healed place out in the world. And so the sharing is part of getting the, what's the word, the integration, like sharing, you know, know, taking what you experience in the medicine and sharing it and almost like verbalizing it to help integrate it into your life. And I I guess that's just an important, it's not to have a trip, it's to heal, to integrate, to share. It's not like you went to Disneyland and you're like, that was a fun experience. (laughs) The real work is the integration after. You're shown and experienced so many things and parts of you are just changed forever, but also a lot of parts are, I need to make some changes and I need to be intentional. And that's also, it's a very deep reflective, you know, it also kind of melts away like what's important in my life, what's not important in my life show and and it allows you to see things that are true to you and you be able to not like analyze them mentally but just feel like this is bullshit this should be in my life this is good yeah. this is not and then go back into your life re-centered like realigned with your own truth of like what's important what's not important and then you yes. can like okay now it's time to take action do work from that place 
It felt like at the end of the third day, it was almost like every bit of wiring that was in my mind of like old thought patterns and habits and everything, all of them just got pulled out. Mm-hmm. All the wires. And I and they were like slowly wanting to go back. I had an opportunity to like plug them into different right. pathways. I mean, it literally, literally felt like honest, my pathways were completely wiped clean and I had the opportunity. And they say that's what psychedelics give you opportunity. But this was the most profound feeling I've ever had yes. where it was just like, whoa, I really have the ability to be very intentional and rewire things. Yeah. And you could feel some of the magnetic force wanting to reattach to like old, old thought stuff. patterns, but you had an opportunity to really change stuff. Yeah. And that's why it's so very powerful. Yeah. And and that was what I had said some my intention was was to rewire, rewire. Like the whole idea of neuroplasticity. Like that I don't know if listeners are familiar, but that psychedelics can rewire your brain, that you don't have to be stuck doing the stupid habits you've been doing. You can open up your neural pathways, rewire them, just like you said. And so that was one of my main reasons for doing it and totally happened. I mean, on the third day, they talk about, you know, you're literally a newborn baby in the sense they're like, be so careful, just gentle, gentle, gentle with yourself. And, you know, I rec anybody who's listening and is going to do it, recommend taking three days off after to help integrate because you, you, your nervous system, I mean, you're not set yet, you know, you're still very permeable and um, you're just very tender. And so I thank goodness I had, a pretty chill work week, but I, I, I wanted, I think that they should have shared a little bit more of like, maybe take a couple of days off or a week if you can afterwards, at yeah. least two days. I wish it took a little bit more time off. Yeah. To yeah. just let things settle and to practice letting that energy resonate. And that energy that resonates through you is always accessible with yeah. you at all times. It's not something like, you know, you took a drug and it's a it's an external thing that you can't create within yourself. Right. It's like you can create continually cultivate it, you know, with a morning ritual or days in nature, nurturing yourself. Like I can feel it's like that Ram Das <laughs> uh, audio piece where he talks about, you know, that energy is like a flicker of, you know, ember. an ember in a fire. And if you you can start to bring it back more and more into like a, a raging fire again. We all have that like, em- and that's kind of like how I felt. Yeah. I was just at an ember. And then you have this raging fire that your soul is alive again. And you can continue to stoke that fire. And it may dwindle if you keep ignoring it. But you have it every opportunity without psychedelics or not. You can bring it back alive. It just helps. Right. It expedites the process right. it's helpful because it sh- she shows you what was there the whole time like that's what over the three days she kept saying like i was always with you and she showed me throughout my whole childhood like that she was like with in th- speaking through stuffed animals and like different things out of like this tree at a park i would always go to like she was like i was here you know when you were four i was here when you were set you know and this idea that she's always been with me that it's always inside of you was very transformative. I mean, after since ayahuasca, maybe we should talk a little bit about now, like my appetite has changed, which I mean, it's totally different, which I was each week you would come in and say, I'm different. Yeah. Tell me about that. Well, before ayahuasca, I was like, I, you know, he, he's my trainer. So he'd be like, how are we doing with food? And I was like, eh, not so good and so since ayahuasca i just i feel alignment like you were saying before you know we i was doing the efforting in my mind but now i know what it feels like to be in alignment and so it's not like oh don't eat this don't eat that it's just like it's like a connection like really get you know sending it down the pipeline it's like oh i know what healthy feels like i know what loved i know what safe is and so it's just like recalibrating to that instead of all of these do this do that this is bad this is good all this efforting keto it's like fast, oh, it's just like every day i tune in and it's different every day but at least now i have that touchstone which i didn't really have before i was like well what's right well like well last time you said plant based and now i need protein but like Da, 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 I, the animals. So stressed about I was it. like so manic and now it's not about this that it's just yeah. the alignment and it's so like relaxing and that's the thing some you know people need to understand like you 
some things won't click until you experience it. Yeah. You could read all the nutrition books <laughs> in the fucking world and it was never going to click. Right. It was never going to click. And so things need to be healed or shifted or whatever. And that's why it's important to seek out these things mm-hmm. to do work on yourself. Yeah. And I guess and what I didn't say is like I felt so stuck before ayahuasca. Like I was doing all the right things. You know, I was going to therapy. I was working out. I was, you know, meditating. I did all the things, but I still felt all this stuck energy. And so I was like, okay, somatic experience time. And wow, did it move things? It's it's a it lights up your chakras. I feel like we have energies <laughs> in our and it's like turning on a Christmas tree just Boom, <laughs> sends all that shit out of you and you're just like a clear yeah. channel again. Ooh, that's a right? good Just boom, right? And you're just clear again. And slowly over time, life starts to sure. da-da-da and you do your best to clear it through yoga, meditation, walks, you know, float tanks, blah, blah, blah. But this is just, and that's why, you know, these tribes hold it so dear because it's such a good way to connect with each other and and the world that we live in on such a, deep profound level and just it retunes you to everything amazing yeah yeah (laughs) oh i like talking about it we could go on so much more but if you have one more thing to say what would you say um anybody listening that's like curious or interested what would be or maybe felt like you did felt stuck Mm -hmm. what would be your best piece of advice um just start asking asking the universe or you know god whatever you believe in just for signs and you know kind of ask for the song of like okay i'm considering ayahuasca like i'm listening (laughs) and i think she will show up if if that's what's meant to be but maybe something else will show up you know i'm a huge proponent in ask and you shall receive knock and the door shall be open like i truly believe just keep putting it out there whatever you're questioning and start asking for what you want i was like i want this to be unstuck and here we are so just ask i think that's great Listen, like be in a place of listening, ask, and then listen. Yeah. Yeah. If you need something or like you're struggling, like you're confused, like maybe you don't even know what you need. Just be like, I just, I'm asking for guidance or help on something and I don't even know what it is. And then, yeah. Yeah. Listen. What would you say? So you've listened to this podcast and you're sitting there being like, (laughs) My best piece of advice. My best piece of advice, yeah. If you feel even the slightest bit of curiosity about this, you should seek it. And you should seek it out. And it will change your life. Yeah. I think of it also, somebody I'm sure has given this metaphor, but... Like the ocean, right? So the ocean, you can ride, you can get on a surfboard and ride a wave and be in flow, but you could also get on a surfboard not knowing what you're doing and get totally crushed, right? And so I think it's important because ayahuasca is, you know, trendy or buzzy, just to do some due diligence about the kind of place you do it in, talk, you know, get a sense of who the facilitator is, what the history with the medicine that they studied, that they're honoring the true intention. And, you know, that our facilitator called it a sacrament. I mean, it was, it's a therapeutic, you know, plant medicine. It's not to, you know, to get high. It's really about your intention. So getting clear on your intention, getting clear on the group. And so that you can have the best experience in a safe container. I agree. That's yeah. good advice. Otherwise you'll get pummeled by the Yeah, don't just do wave. it just because we had good experiences or we were called to do it. Listen to what you feel. Like really listen to what you feel. Yeah. And keep listening and asking like, is this, and then just keep following it. Yeah. You'll go to, you'll do exactly what you need to do. Right. Right. But don't ignore what your voice is telling you. Don't listen to other people. Don't listen to blah, blah, blah. Don't go down a giant rabbit hole of like analyzing shit. Just fucking listen (laughs) to what you feel. Yeah. And then it will, stuff will pop up. Like me, you're like, hey, I got this thing done. Right. Yeah. And then same for you. Boom. Yeah. It'll just happen. 
when it's ready in time. Yeah. And you can be scared, like when you're about to drop in a wave, you can be scared, but you know it's for you. Cause like I signed up, but it wasn't for two months down the road. And so, you know, I had heard all these horror, you know, some horror stories of like crazy experiences, but I got to sit with it and just kind of like, kind of honor like the power that I knew I was going to experience. And like the closer I got to it, the, the, my fear kind of dwindled away as I, as I recognized the fear and kind of the power of something, you know, I knew had the potential to be quite transformative, but yeah, I guess the last thing I'll say is it's definitely the most transformative experience of my life so far. I mean, you know, wow. (laughs) Like who knew drinking, drinking some tea. (laughs) <laughs> right right so amazing and uh well thank you for being here and sharing your experience is it okay if if people wanted to reach out and talk to you and connect with you or you know learn more about your story would that be okay and what would they do yeah of course you can find me on instagram at howdy underscore k-t-o-m howdy k-tom that's my personal i also have a business k-tom creative on instagram so Via those things, you can find my website and email and all that stuff. But say hi. Awesome. Yeah. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Share it with somebody you think might be interested. And uh, thank you again for being here. We'll see you next time. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Bodies by Brent. Brent has been a personal trainer for 16 years, and he's going to be here to help you get the body and health you've always wanted. Thanks for checking out the show, and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. If you have an idea or topic for the show, maybe you want to be on the show, and you're interested in working with Brent, visit our Instagram at bodiesbybrentatx. See you next time on Bodies by Brent. Brent.